we have reached the penultimate stop on the road to Wheeling. One wow. final round of games. What was that word you Super used? Six. Penultimate. It's another Lanny for Terry word. Wow. It's the word of the day, man. Wow. I feel. I just feel honored to be sitting at the same table as you. As someone who reads the dictionary. <laughs> penultimate. It means next to last. And next week, we'll be talking about the Super Six, but right now we have to discuss the semifinal round. No, we Six don't. Six big games <laughs> to go before we get to Wheeling. One team absent from Class A that I'm, has Dave very upset. I'm done. I quit. I'm done. We're going to recap the second round that saw several local teams, including South Harrison and Unbeaten University, well, previously Unbeaten University, bite the dust. It also saw the Polar Bears and the Indians advance to the state semifinals once again. We'll take a look at what happened in the quarterfinals and what we should expect from them in the semifinal round. But first, Dave, let's uh, take a look at what happened in the quarterfinals. We'll in, take a deep dive into our local team's contest. In the penultimate quarterfinals. Uh, well, I, I guess. <laughs> pe penultimate, again, it, it means next to last. Well, so semifinals, okay. next to last finals. Okay, ask right. Brad Jett. Yeah, right. Do you think he's, like... <laughs> He probably is the kind of guy, by the way, that on uh, on Words with Friends, you know, he uses the thesaurus app <laughs> so that he can make wait, sure wait, he wait. gets the biggest. Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying that Brad Jett would cheat on cheating. Words with Friends? That's not cheating. That's not cheating? cheating? Cheating is when you take a screenshot of your board and then you put it in an app that automates your best possible results so that you get like 83 points. That's what my grandma does. That's cheating. You gotta show me how to do that. No, I'm not showing you how to do that. <laughs> I never heard of that okay, one. Let's take a look now at results from the quarterfinal round, and we'll start in Class A, Dave. East Hardy handles Sherman 42-14. Wheeling Central pulls the upset on South Harrison 39-6. More on that in a second. Summers County defeats Midland Trail in an 11-3 quarterfinal. Final score in that one, 6-0. Summers County scoring a late touchdown and shutting out the higher-seeded Midland Trail. So that means Wheeling Central hmm. is going to host in the semifinals as a 10-seed. A 10-seed hosts a semifinal. That's amazing. St. Mary's also advances after beating Tug Valley in what is an upset based on seeding. Not necessarily so based on that matchup. St. Mary's advances 47-0. So we have the top part of the bracket right, Dave. Each of us has East Hardy playing St. Mary's with East Hardy ultimately no. advancing to the state finals. No, I wasn't sold on St. Mary. I had oh, that's lose. right. I had him losing to Doddridge County. That's right, you did. Yeah. So there, I'm getting more points on that. That's yeah, good. That's yeah. good. Okay, I like the sound of that. Yeah. I like the sound of that. Bottom half of the bracket, though, not the same. Both South Harrison and Midland Trail are out. Big upsets means number 10 Wheeling Central hosts number 11 Summers County. Dave, we both had South Harrison winning it all in Class A. Ran into a really, really tough Wheeling Central team. Wow. What went wrong in the, in the quarterfinals? You tell me. You saw it. I did. You're right. I can, I can tell you that there are a couple of things uh, that, that went really wrong from the start. I think it started off on South Harrison's opening drive. The Hawks were not necessarily moving the ball at will, but they were getting it done. They got, I want to say, inside the 20 or close to it on the opening drive. Had a third and long situation with a pass that bounced off a player's hands in the end zone. And then a second, fourth and long situation, another pass, this one a little bit tougher to reel in, falls incomplete. So the Hawks had a really great opportunity to score. They couldn't capitalize. And in the playoffs, hmm. that's tough. Yeah. That's tough when it's gonna you can't bite capitalize. You. It's so gonna bite what you. happens next? Wheeling Central... Four plays later, it's fourth play from scrimmage. 
goes and scores on a long rushing touchdown. And then the very next possession when the, the Hawks were able to maybe sort of find their rhythm defensively, uh, Wheeling Central had a penalty, pinning them up, pin, pinning the Maroon Knights up inside their own 10. And what do you know, Curtis mm -hmm. McGee? That Told guy you. whose dad played for Grafton, who you said no, would be, played for Wheeling Central played against, Wheeling Grafton. Central against Grafton. Yes. Sorry, who said would be a, a really lethal weapon yep, for the Maroon is. Knights. Certainly was. Takes it 93 yards to the house, and just like that, the Hawks are down by two scores. So the, that was a really big sequence. And then to me, you know, just the, the backbreaker for South Harrison was after Freddie Canary's only touchdown of the night, or right. the Hawks' only touchdown of the night. Wheeling Central comes, takes the opening kick. Back it goes the right zone. away. And after that, I think the Hawks um, were playing too much of a mental game at that point. They were they were not just down on the scoreboard, they were down mentally by, by more than two scores. Uh, and I think that that is what prevented them ultimately from coming back or, or at least from competing in the in the latter parts of that. Well, I think, it, I think it sort of snowballed on. Mm -hmm. um, I think they got down. Um, I think they they're – Stars tried to do too much when they got down. Every play had to be for everything, and it just kind of it was a snowball effect. Whereas you have Wheeling Central that was kind of just even, uh, get everything done. And Curtis McGee, I don't know how this guy has not been listed as one of the top recruits. This guy is an athlete. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, you got to feel for, for for the Hawks. You got to wonder. You have to wonder if if Cam Barnett doesn't get hurt in that East Hardy game. Where this team stands right now, first off, do they beat East Hardy if both uh, Canary and, and Barnett play in the second half of that game? Possibility. You know, do they do they wouldn't be in a two spot here if they win that game, but they're in a two spot. So, you know, what does it do in this game? I think they have more weapons to go after Wheeling Central, both offensively and defensively. That one injury hurt them. And you have to feel for them because this was a great team. Great coaches, great kids, not just the team, not just the athletes, but great kids personally. And I feel for them. I, I really, really thought this was their year, um, and, and, and they just came up short. Cam would have helped on defense. Definitely. Definitely defense. Uh, I think Wheeling Central's game plan, their, their front seven's really tough. Uh, they did not give Landon McFadden or Freddie Canary much room mm -mm. to work with. They were ready for Freddie. And, and I thought that early on, the Hawks – we're doing a good job of exploiting the Maroon Knights with the pass. However, uh, and that's uncharacteristic of this South Harrison team, having to rely on the pass mm -hmm. to move the football. Very uncharacteristic. However, you know, you look at those two incompletions on those third and fourth down plays, that's really early in the game. That's South Harrison's first drive. Mm -hmm. If they go up seven zip, the Hawks go up seven zip after their first drive, it's just, you know, completely different outlook mentally for the team. Even if they give up a touchdown, to Wheeling Central like they did four four plays after giving the ball away. It's a tie game. And there's, you know, the, again, the momentum is different. The mindset is different. It didn't happen. And the Hawks, they just couldn't tackle, really. They couldn't stop Wheeling Central's offense. Well, and the other thing, the other thing about this, if you look at single A, there aren't that many teams that play on uh, turf. Mm. You know, the, the Hawks seniors made a decision they wanted to play on turf because it would make them faster. Mm. Wheeling Central is one of those teams that plays on turf. It made them faster, too. Uh, didn't work out so well in this situation, but who expected to see a 10 seed in the second round? You know, um, it just kind of happened, and, uh, you know, things just fell apart. And like I said, I, I feel for them. I feel for the Hawks and the, their, their fans, their coaches, everybody. Overall, it was a great season for South Harrison. Disappointing end mm -hmm. to that great season. On that note, Dave, let's go into double A. Three local teams entered, two <laughs> left. 
Liberty lost to Mingo Central 53-22. However, the Mountaineers led early in that. They did lead early, 7-0. Not not for long. Uh, Bluefield defeats Point Pleasant 49-17. Let's just quickly run through these scores. Bridgeport over Winfield. Wow. Handily, 42-13. Fairmont Senior, similar scoreline, beating number 5 Wayne 43-8. So let's go back to that first matchup between reigning champ Mingo and Liberty. Dalton Westfall scored the opening touchdown to put the Mountaineers up 7-zip. Then Mingo Central's defense really just uh, obliterated the Liberty running game and allowed the offense to continue to score. And, you know, it's like we talked about before. You force Liberty to pass, you got them. And that's what Mingo did. You know, they, they were surprised early on uh, by, by the running tandem that they have back there. But after that, it was oh, it was Katie bar the door. Uh, you know, Mingo's going to put points on the board. But you know what? Liberty still put 22 on the board against them. This Mingo defense is not that great. I'm sorry, it's not. Yeah, which is the better game, Dave, just quickly? A 76-40 win for Mingo against RCB or a 53-22 win for Liberty Harrison? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really hard. Uh, neither of us made the trip to right. Mate slash Del Barton. Yeah, wherever it is. Uh, <laughs> to, to watch either of these games. But j- just from looking at stats and score lines and, and reporting, it, it's tough to know who played Mingo better. I mean, I think that we'll talk about it in a little bit, though. I think that Mingo has shown some weaknesses, mm-hmm. even dating back to the end of the regular season, uh, that Fairmont can exploit. They've given up points this year. I mean, think right. about it. Last game of the year, they gave up 50 to Winfield, a Winfield team that, that – proved that a, a good defense would shut them down. Uh, you know, they gave up 40 to uh, RCB, then they gave up 22 to Liberty. This is not the same great Mingo defense that it was in the championship game. So the other semifinal featuring an unbeaten team, Bluefield wins 49-17 over Point Pleasant. That means Bluefield is still unbeaten and will take on Bridgeport in the semifinals. Let's first discuss Bridgeport's victory over Winfield. Mm -hmm. To me, the play that makes the difference in a 42-13 Indians win at Wayne Jamison Field, again, happens early. I I was going to say, are we going to think the same play? Yes. I think the John Merica interception led to a touchdown. I mean, that play was just crippling Mm -hmm. to the general's mindset, similarly to uh, those incompletions for South Harrison on its first possession. John Merica comes up with a huge interception and it sets the stage for Bridgeport to run away yeah, with that. It set the stage. It, it, it put that seed of doubt. You know, Winfield comes up here like we talked about last week. Winfield came into this game not caring about all of Bridgeport's championships, not being feared of Bridgeport. They saw what they did. You know, they were 10-1 and one coming into the game. Okay, fine, I'll give you that. They weren't. They didn't have that little seed of doubt in their mind that this team's that great. It's just another northern team. Right. Well, And then America just slammed the door right off the bat. And that, that made all the difference in the world because it started them off. Bridgeport goes up 14-0. Winfield Field came back, made it 14-7, but the mindset was already there. Exactly, and Jake Bowen had another fine night, mm-hmm. too, rushing for four scores and over 200 yards. Bridgeport-Bluefield, very similar squads. Again, we'll talk about that in just a second. First, the final contest in AA. Fairmont Senior coming up with another lopsided victory after beating Kaiser in the opening round. The Polar Bears trounce Wayne 43-8. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now they advance to play Mingo Central. Any thoughts on a 35-point Polar Bears victory? Fairmont Senior made a, made a statement there, and I'm sure Mingo's coaches were in attendance there because it was a Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon. Mingo played on Friday night. Fairmont Senior made a statement there. Wayne is one of the best teams down south. They came in as a five seed. They were 9-1 and one coming into the playoffs. They were a five seed. You look at them and go, okay, it's a five seed, but that's a pretty daggone good Wayne, Wayne football team. Fairmont demolished them. 
right from the start. I mean, it wasn't even close. So they made a statement there offensively and defensively, and I'm sure Mingo took notice of it. Remember, very recently, Wayne was a power in AA, played exactly. for a state championship against Bridgeport, I, I want to say a couple of seasons ago, mm -hmm. and also defeated Fairmont Sr. in that state semifinal in 2014. 43-42 or something like that. 43-40, I think. Yeah, something final. like Won that. by a field goal, and that was the year that Dante Stills and Bryson Gilbert, all mm -hmm. those kids, were freshmen. Mm -hmm. So uh, to come back and have such an emphatic victory, putting up 43 mm -hmm. while holding Wayne to just eight points, definitely, I think it's a uh, statement victory if you can have one of yeah. those in oh, the yeah. postseason. And, and I just want to point out, if you look at my double-A bracket, I don't have one X on it. Wow, Not one. Very good. Let me see, what do I have? I think Not I have one. a couple of Xs. Yeah, because I missed, that's right, I missed... Uh, James Monroe. I no, no, no. I got no. I got zero. You're, you're perfect. I'm perfect in double A. Way to go, Dave. Perfect in double A. <laughs> Except that uh, we'll talk more in a second. Yeah, I'm you're sure. You're going to be wrong here in just a minute. <laughs> Hang tight. Let's look at triple A. One local team entered the fray. Perfect University. The Hawks, unfortunately, fell to capital 48-24. Thoughts on that in just a sec. Other games. Huntington survives against Hurricane 28-27 to advance and stay undefeated. Martinsburg did what Martinsburg does, winning big, 54 to nothing over John Marshall. <laughs> Cabell Midland, my dark horse team that I had going to the state semi Huntington, Shut out. is done yes. after losing to Spring Valley, 15 zip. But Dave, uh, university losing, getting doubled up by Capital uh, again. It's kind of crazy because normally you think these playoff games are going to come down to the wire. Third and fourth quarter mistakes, turnovers, <laughs> something like that going to make the difference. Again, for university, it was right off the opening kick. Mm -hmm. Capital returns the opening kickoff for a touchdown. The Hawks are playing catch up the entire game. They ultimately trailed 28-3 at halftime, narrowed that gap to 28-10. Uh, in the third quarter, but again, Capital just too much. The Cougars too strong for University. Capital was very strong coming in, seven and three, playing in that Canola Valley in Triple A. I mean, that's that's a pretty good, pretty good uh, program down there. They had incredible athletes, and I think University may have been stunned by the level of. Uh, athlete that Capital brought into the game. I mean, you know, yeah, they played St. Albans. University played St. Albans earlier in the year, almost lost the game, but they still thought they were. Head and shoulders above capital. You have Saint to believe Albans it. Was not a playoff. No, this is a playoff team in capital. That's a exactly very right. Good team. Capital came in ready to play. University got caught, and it just snowballed like like we talked about earlier. So the Hawks fall short of their first ever twelve and O mark. It would have been the first time in program history. But again, uh, I think we have said this many a time that when a team, regardless of only one team, can win a state championship, right? And when you go up against Martinsburg and Huntington, I know John Kelly would have at le least liked to have seen the Hawks get to 12-0 and and have a stab at Martinsburg. Sure, definitely. But to go 10-0 and during the regular season and mm -hmm. to beat the quality type of opponents that University did in order to do that, uh, take nothing away from the Hawks. It is nothing to be ashamed to see of. them lose in the quarterfinals, but still a spectacular season for that group of young men. Yeah, they had an incredible season. You know, like you said, they went 11 and 0 before the uh, before the last loss. Nothing to be ashamed of. Some great kids on that team and some great athletes too. So let's circle back to Double A, Dave, as we wrap up the penultimate episode. <laughs> yeah, the penultimate of the Road to Wheeling <laughs> podcast. We've got two matchups featuring local teams in the state semis. And, oh, no, Nick's prediction of a all-local double-A championship game Ain't could gonna come happen. into fruition. Ain't going to happen. 
Let's take a look at the first matchup that's coming up Friday night. Number two, Bluefield hosts number three, Bridgeport at Mitchell Stadium. Can the Indians find some answer for Mookie Collier in that high-scoring Bluefield offense? I think it's going to be a great game. I really do. But I don't think Bridgeport can compete with the athletes that Bluefield has. Bluefield's pretty daggone good. Um, you know, these guys can score at will. I, you know, on this podcast last week, I, I called the upset of Winfield over Bridgeport. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. I'm not going to be wrong this time. I don't see Bridgeport being able to compete with Bluefield. All right. We got to differ, Dave. We have to differ at this point, right? I'm going to say Bridgeport pulls off the upset. No. I think that the Indians have the capability to do so, and here's why. I think that I don't think that the Bridgeport effect matters in a no, game. No, doesn't matter in this I one. I don't think it matters. They're going on the road. Because it's playing, in Bluefield, right. They're going on the road, and they're playing a high-caliber opponent, a team that's not only ranked higher than them but is, is unbeaten and has beaten some very good out-of-state mm -hmm. opponents. However, I think that – there are still two reasons why Bridgeport can hang tight. I think that Bridgeport is very, very good at developing a game plan specific oh. to its opponent. Amen. And, and being at practice Monday, it's very evident that they have already gone to work and already have these the, their game plan to slowly try to break down and stop the mm -hmm. Bluefield offense. I can't wait to see how that develops because it's going to be a close game. This, this one, we've said there's going to be some close games. This one is going to be... A good, good football game. But I think that Bridgeport is still hanging on to that loss against Fairmont Senior. Still hanging on to that loss against Fairmont Senior, not just from earlier in the regular season, but from last year. Last year in the state semifinal. Two in a row. Two in a row. Right? Three in a row in Un basketball. Uncharacteristic, <laughs> uncharacteristic of Bridgeport to lose to its local rival, right? Mm -hmm. There's an opportunity to play Fairmont in the state championship game or just to get back to the state championship game for the fourth time in five seasons. I think that that is what's going to put Bridgeport over the hill and beat Blue. So what you are saying is Bridgeport is looking ahead. No, I don't think that's what I'm saying. I, I think I'm saying that Bridgeport is being fueled by that loss. The opportunity. Last year. Correct. That Bridgeport, that Bridgeport has something to prove and has had something to prove all season. And I think that's why we're going to see an Indians upset this week. Not so fast, my friend. Okay. <laughs> Man, you got it. That's why they play the game. Not, right? not going to happen. And here's why it's okay, not going to happen. Bridgeport, like you say, defensively sound. Okay, I'll give you that. Bluefield's offense is in another world, though. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a great offense. The other part of it is Bridgeport's offense is as good as it is. It's one-dimensional. They're not going to throw the ball. They have thrown the ball successful, successfully. Okay, but they've thrown the ball successfully when rest of the, the rest of the defenses pull up because they know they're going to run the ball most of the they time. They had success throwing the football. When they had to. When they had to. And I go back to the Fairmont game. When Fairmont took the lead with a minute and a half to go in that game, they were stuck on the 20-yard line. They did not throw a pass. When they tried right. to throw a pass, they were sacked. They can't do it if they have to do it. That's going to be what, what's going to get them. Okay, what about Mingo Central Fairmont Senior, Dave? Do the Polar Bears have a chance at upsetting the Miners? And I have a hunch that I know which way you're going with it. No, I've gone back and forth on this one. I'm telling you because my, my bracket, if you see, it's got Mingo, it's and, got Blue Mingo and Bluefield in the state championship right. game. I've got Mingo beating Fairmont in the, in the semifinal. But 
I may I was swayed last week because I really was not sold completely on this Fairmont team because they hadn't had to show it for an entire game. Well, last week against Wayne, if that didn't show you what this team is capable of, you're not looking very closely. Mm-hmm. Fairmont can put up some points. Fairmont has put up a lot of points. Mingo can't stop anybody. Mingo gave up 50 to Winfield that, that Bridgeport held to eight or, yeah, eight. Mingo gave up uh, 40 to RCB. Mingo gave up 22 to Liberty. This is not a great defense, not to mention Fairmont. A lot of these players have a very, 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 very sour taste in their mouth from that state championship game, and it's not only because they lost the game. It's because of the way they were treated by the Mingo fans, by the Mingo coaches, by the Mingo players. A lot of bad, bad words came out of the Mingo players and coaches on that field to the Fairmont players. And that's all I'm going to say about it, but it was not very fan-friendly, and it was not a very good uh, sportsmanship situation there. Fairmont understands this. Fairmont is ready to go down there, wherever the heck this school is located. Fairmont is ready to go down. Quick story, because I'm going down to watch the game. And I Googled it to find out where exactly Mingo Central is located. Well, some places say it's located in Matewan. Some places say it's located in Del Barton. Okay. Where is it? Where is it? So I call the Mingo County Sheriff's Department. These guys got to know where it is. Yeah, they got to know. Guy says, I said, is it located in Mingo or Del Barton? Sheriff goes, yeah. Okay. Okay, well, what does that mean? I, he said, well, it's somewhere in between. That's how he said it. Somewhere in between. <laughs> I said, okay, can, can, can I find it with a, give me an address to put it in the GPS? Yeah, probably not. He Are says, you going to get cell service? This now? is what he says. GPS ain't going to find it. <laughs> So he sends me to another. He, he tells me to call another guy in the sheriff's department. I call okay. another guy. He can't give me directions to it. He, he tells me to call the school. They gotta know, right? They I mean, gotta they know. Go there every day. Exactly. So I call the school, and the woman says, "Honey, probably the best thing to do is go to the only gas station in Del Barton and ask him where the school is." <laughs> what if you can't find the gas station? Well, apparently there's only one in Del Barton. So just drive to Del Barton and find a gas station okay. in Del Barton. Good luck, Dave. Yeah. Dave, so. I think you should live Facebook Live your journey. <laughs> like as far as you can go without losing cell service. I don't know. Is I, it in Matewan? Is it in Del Barton? And I then by know. the time you figure it out, game will be over. Game will be over game by then. I think that's I think that's what they're trying to do. But anyway, to get back to what I'm uh, They're trying got, to tell boy, Fairmont to end up in South Charleston or that's in Virginia what it is. or something. They just don't like want that. Fairmont fans to get right. there. Right. But I think Fairmont will compete very, very well in this game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I don't, I don't think Fairmont's defense has seen an offense like this one, mm-hmm. other than the fact that of last year. But this is a different Fairmont defense. Mingo's going to put up the points, but Fairmont is too. So even though I have Mingo on my bracket that we picked at the start of this thing winning. Change of heart. I'm changing my heart. I think Fairmont's going to win this one. Very good, Dave. Okay, so we're going to agree on this one because, as I have said from the onset, I think Fairmont was going to pull off an upset against Mingo Central. Now we have that matchup. I think the Fuller Bears are just red hot right now. Yeah. And, and you know, Mingo is exceptional. Mingo is a very good football team. It's not like Fairmont's going to go down there and put up a number like it did against no, Wayne. No, right? they will not be surprised like that. What, what's going to make the difference in this game, I, I think if, if Fairmont tries to play Mingo's game, 
If Fairmont tries to get into a track meet with Mingo Central and tries to outscore Jeremy Dillon in the minors, that's Can't not the that. way the Polar no. Bears will win this football game. No. They have to play very, very sound defense, very aggressive defense. And they're going to get beat on defense. It's going, going to, to happen. Times, there right. are going to be times, but you got to move on. Right. If you let your head go and you, and, and you mess up on a play and your next play, it affects you again, Jeremy Dillon's going to the end zone. Right. So the defense has to play well. The defense is going to give up, up points. But Fairmont will score points too. So I think just really quickly, the, the big thing that I've noticed about Mingo Central's defense, whether it be last season or the, at any point during the 25-game, 26-game now unbeaten run that the Miners have been on, their defense this season is not outstanding. It mm -mm. gives up a ton of points. But it does play takeaway mm -hmm. quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So there's – Two points to that. A, the Fairmont defense is going to have to force some turnovers. Have to. Going to have to find a way that if they're going to let Jeremy Dillon score touchdowns, that's going to happen. That's mm -hmm. going to happen. They're going to have to pick him off, force a fumble, a couple of turnovers. You got to rattle him. Right? You got to rattle him. And that's something that Fairmont did not do in the state championship mm -hmm. game. In fact, I believe Fairmont had one turnover late in the game. It was a Darius Stills fumble recovery. He was flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct. Mm -hmm. And the Polar Bears, I think, turned it over and allowed Mingo to score right. soon after. So if the Polar Bears are going to win this game, they've got to play takeaway, and they've got to find balance in their offense. It's something they've done well this season. Mix in Bryson Gilbert, Caleb Walker, and then allow Connor Neal to pass the football. Mingo obliterated Liberty's run yes. game. But if, if the Polar Bears can show that they can both move the football by running it and passing it, if they can establish that early, I think that's going to help them be in good shape. If Mingo is looking at last year's state championship game as the way the Fairmont Senior plays this year. Well, that's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. It's completely different. Bryson Gilbert didn't carry the ball much at all. Right. And Fairmont's offense running the ball last year was Jake Abbott. Right. Period. Yeah, that's completely what it was. different quarterback. Yes. Jake, Jake Abbott did an outstanding job to get Fairmont to the state championship right. game. But Connor Neal is a completely different type of player. I, if I'm Mingo's coaches, I don't even look at last year's state right. championship game. Because it doesn't mean anything. I think the problem with Fairmont last year in the state championship game was they were in over their head. Mm -hmm. They were in over their head. They were scared. It was their first time there. And then they got intimidated by the words that were screamed at them by the fans. I mean, it was a bad situation, according to players that I've spoken to. They were put in very bad situations. It got to them. It got to their head. They made stupid mistakes, and it snowballed on them. Hey, Dave, you know what I heard the other day? What? That uh, they're considering moving the uh, state championship game to a mountaineer field so that when Bridgeport and Fairmont play, fans don't have to travel that far. And Bridgeport will be able to come watch it, but that'll be it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Can't wait to see how this is going to go. Not going to be Bluefield. Can't wait to see how this Not is going gonna to go. Not going to be Bluefield. We will see, Dave. We no. will see. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. Think about how many Yeah, people, look at Wheeling Central beating right? South Harrison. Yeah, and think about how many people last year didn't think Fairmont could beat Bridgeport and go to the state championship game. I did. I, I'm not saying – I thought so, too. I even said – that Fairmont was going to win by three points ended up being one point. One point. That's, that's pretty close, man. That's pretty close. It that's counts. pretty close. All right, that'll do it for the what episode? The well, penultimate we, we missed episode. One. Did we? Triple. Oh, triple A. Right. Okay, very good. <laughs> Don't let me go too fast. So, triple A uh, quickly, Dave. It's very quickly. Huntington beating Spring Valley. Easily. Martinsburg beating Capital. Very okay, easily. Okay, so we'll, we'll recap what happens next week. And, and what about Class A? You've got East Hardy and Wheeling Central, I presume, yes. in the state championship yep. game. Yep. That would align with what I have. Okay, there you go, Dave. So, that'll do it for the penultimate episode. Penultimate. I just wanted to say that one more time. I get you. I wanted to say that one more time. We'll be back next week with a look ahead at the Super Six. 
Make sure you join us today. Snow. No, there will be no snow. It's going to be 50 degrees this weekend. Maybe not in Matewan slash Delbar. Yeah, who knows? Thanks for listening to the Road to Wheeling podcast.